Hello and welcome to the Bizpreneur podcast. I'm Kevin Ross and I'll be diving deep into conversation with entrepreneurs, hearing their stories, the highs, lows, tips, tricks and tactics, and most importantly to see where we can learn and hopefully be inspired. On today's episode, I chat to Michelle from Kinor. Michelle creates luxury bridal accessories. Now, I need to apologize. You asked why. Reason being, I told everyone that there was going to be an episode out for the Bizpreneur podcast every Thursday. It didn't happen. It happened for the first eight weeks and then KR Bounce Castles, my business, reopened at the end of April and boom, it went in the back seat. I missed it. I really enjoyed doing it. But this episode with Michelle from Kinor was recorded back in the middle of May. It is now season one will end mid-August, that kind of way, with episode 10. And then I have some really cool, influential people lined up for middle of September onwards to start season two. The Bizpreneur podcast, I hope for season two, will have another 10 episodes, and I'm really excited about it. So, back to Michelle, Female Entrepreneur of the Year 2020. She brings us along her journey and tells us the really good parts and the really, really, really bad parts, you know, and she was just so honest and she led us into her business and brought us to the time where she hit her low point, you know, and uh, it was such an inspiration because she's so bubbly. I wish everyone listening could see the facial expressions on Michelle and on me because it was one part I nearly started crying, you know, I mean, she's just... She's cool. She's cool and she knows what she's at and she's driven. And I think that's what people want to hear. It's motivational, it's inspiring, and I hope you enjoy. Thank you very much for tuning in once again. Well, it was actually um, four months after I launched that I got my first sale. What am I going to do? And he said to me, Michelle, you know, you don't need you don't need plan B. Focus on plan A. Your business will grow, but it will grow slower. But the Garda who was dealing with me in Ballymun, he saw my tears and he could see I was so invested. And he said, look, you'll get it back somehow. And I really have. I was determined. I said, I have to show up every day, minimum of six days a week. Orders and no orders. Michelle Reynolds de Salvo, you are very welcome to the Bistrepreneur podcast. You're going to be talking about your business, Keynor, today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about this. From our conversations over the last couple of days, I have been pumped about this just to get talking to you and hear everything from the very start to where you are now at the moment and where you see the business going. So look, we're just going to bring it right back and just give all our listeners a quick intro as to who you are and what you do. Thanks so much, Kevin. So my name is Michelle and I'm the designer and creator of Kinor, handmade veils and headpieces. So I make um, handmade headpieces for brides for the wedding and veils and jewellery as well. Launched my business in July of 2019. So I'm coming up to my two year um, anniversary party. Yes, (laughs) exactly. And um, Kinor comes from the Irish legend of Ushin and Neve Kinor in the land of Tiernanova. Okay. And it was my favourite legend. She is going to my dad used to always tell me about the love story of Neve and Ushin and you Galloping know, on the white horse, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And never growing old and being immortalised. And when I was a child, I was so fascinated by my granny and her headpiece. She had a, a crown of feathers, um, but it was they were shaped into like flowers. And every time she talked about her wedding day and uh, her love story with my grandfather, they were married nearly 60 years. Her eyes had kind of missed over and it was like she was transported back to that day. She remembered every detail of the day and she used to wear a lavender outfit every year on her wedding anniversary to remember her lavender dress so for me the idea of immortality and the wedding day being a day that you live over and over and over again and that's carried on to the next generation is really the essence of Kinor and that's tied up in of course the story of the land of the eternal youth because it's a day you always return to and you relive over and over again every bride is immortalized on her wedding day it's the one photo that's you know in everybody's dining room and even at a wedding if you go to nowadays you see the photo of the parents or the grandparents on their wedding days so 
even though it's one day, it's not really one day because it's a day that's relived over and over again. So I love the way there's so much meaning behind it. Wow, that's really cool. And like, Thanks. was it through your grandmother that the idea sprung? Yeah, absolutely. She described going up to Dublin to get her headpiece and the beading on her dress. And like, unfortunately, these items sometimes get mislaid over the years, but we had all of the photos. And my granny used to let me sit down at the kitchen table. I used to play with buttons. And there was a little shop up the road from my granny called the Galway Bead Shop. Okay. And I used to buy beads and make things with wire. And, you know, anytime I got pocket money, I'd always be making things. And my mum as well, she made her own wedding dress she made her headpiece she made her veil so I've always grown up you know knowing how to sew embroider and she, my mum uh, specializes in caracom across lace and made my veil headpiece and communion dress so I guess I've been making things since I was a small child I could so sew. you're a part of an artsy crafty family absolutely yeah absolutely going from there you started the business two years ago yeah what and you used to do this when you were younger you know, doing all these crafts at your grandmother's house where was the transition between you saying, I'm going to make this a business? And what did you do before you actually started Keenor? Well, it was in 2015, about a year before I got engaged. My mum got sick and I was at home with her. So I was really stressed. So I decided to go back to something that I remembered from when I was a child that really relaxed me. So I started at the table doing lots of wire work and, wow. you know, making some small pieces. And then after I got engaged the following year, um, I decided, look, I have to, I'm not making my own dress and veil like my mum did, but I said, I'm going to make my own headpiece. I started making some samples and I decided then I'd fly over to Italy to choose the pearls. So I went over to a trade fair and I bought the pearls and I met some designers who make uh, carved coral. And, you know, everybody was saying to me, oh my God, these things that you're making are so good. And I had already had a business in the wedding industry, but because I moved abroad, I never really pursued it um, okay. when I came home. Mm. So I made my headpiece for my wedding day and it was like beyond anything I ever imagined. I was so excited to wear it and also to have it maybe someday to pass on to a future generation. Gotcha. So from there, that was 2016. I wore it for my wedding the following year. And then I started making some headpieces for friends and um, my cousin, colleague of mine. And then um, in November 2018, I had just had uh, my third miscarriage. And as soon as I recovered um, physically from that, I said, oh. right, that's it. I'm all looked forward to. I'm not wasting any more time. I have to do this for You're me. You're gonna go for it. Whoa. Go for it. Hell for leather. I cut, I said, right, that's it. I, ha I know my business name. I know what I'm going to do. So I rang the local enterprise office and they said, we're winding down for the Christmas. Come back in January. And I was like, book me in. First week in January. <laughs> and it was just from there, it literally snowballed. Um, I went to my business clinic, which is a free business clinic in the local enterprise office. And it was an hour long and I met this amazing man called James Barrett. And I was like a, a nerd. I was in the front row with my hand up and I was like helping the other people with their ideas. Ideas, and yeah. I was just buzzing. And he, he looked me in the eye and he said, you are going to be successful. And I, and, and I chatted to him afterwards. As it turned out, I, I actually knew his son just by pure chance. But... Mm -hmm. um, he, he was amazing. He shared his journey into business and I got lots of practical advice. I got a page from the local enterprise with like, this is what you need to do because I, I didn't know where to start. I guess like so many people, I just was like, okay, just tell me what to do yes. and I'll do it. You, everyone needs was, that guidance. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I had a list of like all the different courses, like accounting. I had no clue about accounting, taxes, uh, each date. And I literally booked every single course <laughs> so I was working full-time um teaching adults uh, English and I was of course you know um doing the exam classes so I would say you know 60% of my job was brainwashing them you've got this you can do this um you know chase your dreams doesn't matter if English is your second language you go in there and you don't take no for an answer and I was telling them all of this every day in the classroom I was like well like now it's my turn this is my dream and this is the time is now 
So I did every single course and um, I even managed, there was uh, that spring I had to have a surgery and I didn't want to miss my class on SEO because I hadn't a clue about SEO. So I Don't tell me you were inside in the hospital tuning into the local enterprise office or something like that. <laughs> well, well, yeah, that's another story. I, I, I did work from the hospital actually oh, as well. But, but I, I, I attended in a taxi. I literally, I, I, I wasn't supposed to be out of the house. I was so, I was so sick, but I attended the four hour workshop and it was amazing. And I just knew that I had to have that grit and determination that, you know, if I, if I was weak in an area like SEO, computers, anything to do with technology, um, accounting, the creative side, I, I had it down. There was no issue there, but I knew that I had to wear many hats and and get help and and that was uh, I suppose the local enterprise I mean I know all of them now um and they have been instrumental yeah well just the, the only thing is when you said to me it was I working from the hospital uh when I was in for one of my surgeries um I actually had found a lady called Stefania Zelli and I wanted to develop my porcelain work because I'm um, nature and the sea are really inspiring to me of course with the whole Irish mythology and everything so I wanted to become really really good at porcelain flowers I found this lady on Facebook called Stefania Zelli and she doesn't speak English so I was in the middle of a conversation with her convincing her to do a private lesson with me but she didn't know I lived in Dublin and uh, because she had different workshops around Italy and I was asking her could she do a private lesson with me for eight hours so then the nurse came down and it was time to wheel me down to theatre and uh, give me a general anaesthetic and I was just asking her could you just give me one minute I just wanted to see would Stefania say yes or no to to giving a (laughs) private lesson for me on a a specific day and then she agreed so I I left my phone I said "I'll, I'll be back in about an hour I have to go now I didn't want to tell her I was in hospital about to have surgery because she would have thought I was crazy. And I gave my phone <laughs> to my husband and I said, um, uh, okay, if she, you know, she, if she says yes, we'll book the flights, you know. And of course he felt sorry for me because I was about to have surgery. And when I woke up, I yeah. just wanted to see my phone and see the messages from her. And I said, uh, I said, that's brilliant. And we booked the flights. And I think she must have thought I was completely crazy. Um, yeah, oh, I flew is. over. I flew <laughs> over to to Rome with my husband and uh, saw my parents. And then I was like, right, I have to go to Stefania. And I spent eight hours with her. We made some beautiful flowers. She doesn't speak any English at all, but I understood her. I because I can speak some Italian. The craft. Spoke. Yeah, exactly. The craft. Exactly. Spoke. Her fingers. Yeah. And I was looking in her eyes and understanding what she was saying, and that was absolutely amazing for me. She just could not believe that I flew over from Ireland to have a lesson with her. So, um, yeah. So I think you have to be prepared to kind of be a little bit crazy. I mean, I did tell her afterwards, by the way. Uh, when I was chatting to you, asking you for this lesson, I was actually uh, preparing to go into theatre and uh, she couldn't <laughs> believe it. She said, wow, Michelle, and she couldn't believe it. So before Keenor started, you were in teaching? That's right. So I was um, sick. I was an English teacher for adults, uh, teaching all exam classes for 16 years. And that led me to living in Greece uh, for two years. And it, it was allowed me to go to Italy. But I always had my job in Dublin to come back to. And I loved the exams because of the push and the um, the focus. Well, I'd say you'd be some motivator of a teacher. I mean, you're like a <laughs> pump, pump, pump. Let's go. Like, you know, well, you know, it was it was lovely for me because I had um, everybody from like a retired surgeon from Iran to um, teenagers from Japan and um, Saudi scholarship students. So for me, I guess being able to deal with people comes quite naturally to me. And yeah. that side of the business, dealing with brides and uh, resolving any issues and having good communication, um, I think is, is everything I guess I learned with that, um, you know, has been great. So that was really challenging. juggling the two exactly yeah so you went to the local enterprise office you went to all these different um information evenings and online courses how was it when you got your first paid client for the job you know when you were actually up and running as a business so like how was it when you got that first client how did you get it you know was it was it word of mouth was it marketing what happened 
Well, it was actually um, four months after I launched that I got my first sale and I couldn't say that for a long time because I was so kind of embarrassed I mean I had done things for for people as gifts and and that kind of thing and I launched my my website and actually it was officially open for orders from July but I didn't get my first sale until October so four months wow four months and I think nothing for me whatever I face with the business in the future there is nothing that will come close to that. And I guess um, I had been prepared like, oh, don't think now if you build it, they will come. Like I had been warned, but nothing actually prepared me for how that would feel like waiting four months for my first sale. Because I was working every day in my day job and then I was working with Kinoa in the evenings and I kind of assumed that the people would just find me and start ordering things and even though I knew it wasn't like that but I guess people don't kind of share that enough and I wasn't really shouting it from the rooftops um I guess when I I was on Instagram um you know kind of promoting my business I had about maybe 200 followers I made a crown for um an influencer who I absolutely loved and uh, she, she had said oh I'd love a crown and I instantly DM'd her and said I'd love to make you one and I made her an absolutely beautiful bespoke piece beautiful. and a bride found me through her because they were getting married in the same wedding venue Okay. and she contacted me and uh, I made her headpiece and she came to my house and I worked with her and I had changed my bio as well with bespoke orders welcome and as soon as I did that it was a game changer because people weren't just relying on the 14 pieces I had launched on the website and they were like oh Michelle takes bespoke orders people wanted a bit of exclusivity when they're ordering their piece for their special day and then I got another order and another order so I had like maybe three or four orders before Christmas that year and I think what somebody had said to me as well because I I did see businesses who opened around the same time as me but they were doing it full-time and I was kind of I suppose in that in-between stage where I hadn't gone full-time with my business but I was still working in my day job yes um and that you know I was told it was a really good piece of advice your business will grow but it will grow slower because you're working full-time so I just kind of kept telling myself that but I do remember there was a very low point that summer, um, like without being all doom and gloom, but I guess it's important to share the, the, the highs oh, and the lows. The highs and the lows, you have it, you have it, yeah. Well, there was a point in the summer where I had I had been scammed uh, out of €1,250 Euro by a Chinese packaging company. Oh. And unfortunately, I couldn't get it back and I was a bit naive. I kind of, his name was Zhang and he sent me a sample and... Um, I, I trusted him I guess and he was telling me don't worry Michelle they're on their way and eventually uh, paper bags arrived but no packaging so the guard the guard who was dealing with me in the paper bag, bag. the station what, what what do you mean isn't like so you he ordered boxes box. or something was it you ordered boxes so I ordered I ordered luxury uh, luxury black um, presentation boxes for the veils and the headpieces with gold foil bags. Yeah, he sent me a, a cardboard box of paper bags, like as in that you'd ha- get in the shop. I paid 1250 euros thinking I was getting my first order of, of gift boxes mm-hmm. and I got a docket and uh, they eventually arrived, but it was paper bags. But I knew at that stage the money was gone because we traced the money to New York and then the money was gone. But the Garda who was dealing with me in Ballymun, he saw my tears and he could see I was so invested and he said look he was so nice to me and the lady in Bank of Ireland were so nice to me they wished me well with all of their heart and I said look they kept saying to me you'll get it back somehow and I really have I mean I've put that behind me now and I I I made that back in a couple of months you know so but I remember reaching out to um Aiden from Avalanche, who is um, who manages my um, old website and is currently uh, working on my brand new website uh, through the. Through and the for anyone that doesn't know, we've actually done an episode with Aiden. There it that's is, right. episode I think it's is it six episodes. Six, six that's it. It's episode yeah. six with Aiden, yeah. And uh, Aiden has been absolutely amazing um, as as a mentor not only for the technology side but um, I remember reaching out to him one night sitting on the sofa and the tears were coming down my face and you know my husband was saying like you haven't got any sales and like 
you know, you've scammed out of this money and like, what are you doing? And I just remember the tears coming down my face and I just didn't know who else to turn to. So instead of it being a technology question this time, uh, wrecking his head, I, I reached out. That was really, for me, the lowest point of the business. I said, what am I going to do? Like, and he just said, I remember he said, I said, will I get another job? And what am I going to do? And he said to me, Michelle, you know, you don't need, you don't need plan B, focus on plan A. And he said, it's a hard slog in the beginning. And he gave me some really good practical advice. And I guess you never forget those people who, who kind of give you a push when you need it and give you some kind words. And for me, that was my lowest point. And it was onwards and upwards from then. And when I got my first sale, a couple of months later in October. Fantastic. I left my job then in February of 2020, the week COVID hit. But, uh, <laughs> oh, oh. I just, oh my God. So yeah, you, so you left the job and then you I were did. saying, I'm going full-time now with Keenor. Full-time, yeah. And what happened to the business? Because obviously weddings, gone, That's you know. It. Yeah, well, I had had a couple of orders in January and February, but I had a lot of inquiries and I was literally... I said, oh my God, this is going to be great. And I handed in my notice, which was a very difficult decision because I loved my job. But I said, look, if I'm going to make this work, I have to give it my full attention. And I said, now is the time. And then boom, COVID hit. And of course, wires and the orders dried up with brides not knowing where their wedding was. So that was a bit of a shock. But I just remember I was at a point where I was so like razor sharp focused. I said, I didn't know how long this pandemic was going to last. I certainly didn't think we'd be here, you know, a year later, uh, still in the midst of it. But I was determined. I said, I have to show up every day, minimum of six days a week. Orders are no orders. So I worked on my social media. I worked on sending over pieces for shoots to a wedding planner in California because they were still doing bits and pieces over there. Gotcha. I, I got work published. I um, a lot of the um, influencers that I follow, some of them are bride to bees. They were helping other COVID brides by having competitions. I reached out, I gave away vouchers, and I said I'm going to double my social media following over the next couple of months. And I have actually from from the from this when I went full time, I'd only a thousand followers, and I'm now close to five thousand. And again, it's not about the numbers, but the more people who know about me, I guess the more brides who find me. A lot of brides, um, by kind of May, some of them had either, they were either postponing until the autumn um, of 2020 or they were going ahead with a smaller wedding. I myself only had six guests at my wedding. So I started helping them and saying, well, look, actually by choice, four years ago, I had six at my wedding. So I had the most beautiful, amazing wedding uh, in Italy. Oh, fine. And so I was kind of helping them as well and uh, using my skills as a wedding planner to kind of, uh, I suppose, give them as much support as I could from May onwards. So I, I didn't have orders. So we say the end of February, March, April, uh, and then the start of May. It has absolutely snowballed since then. I think I've only taken a week off. I took, I took a week off in 2020 and a week off for Christmas and that was it. Go you. Um, because, oh, yes. <laughs> well, I guess I guess because I, I was able to say to the brides, look, they had their dress, their wedding was maybe postponed, and they wanted to have the luxury VIP experience of working with me. And I was literally, I couldn't take any or um, people to my studio in Dublin. So I was literally working with them using my mobile phone, recording videos, showing them close-ups of pearls, doing sketches, and I recorded everything, send it to them on WhatsApp. They could watch it. And it became like a beautiful experience for them because a lot of them were separated down the country from their moms or their dads. and They were sharing it with their mom. They were sharing it with videos with their sisters. Lovish. And it became like a lovely kind of bonding experience. I mean, one of my brides is from South Africa and her mom is over there and she's in Dublin. And um, another one of my brides is in London and her mum is in uh, County Meath. So it became a lovely way for them to share the videos between each other. And what do you think about this? Uh, Michelle is showing me this colour pearl and um, Michelle said I can have this or this. I'd give them options. They'd come back to me when they were finished work, whenever they had the chance. And I'd go then with with making it. Yeah, I got an order in May. Uh, again, a kind of... Once it came to the three-month mark after no orders with COVID, I did panic a little bit. I wasn't entitled to the pandemic employment um, money, but I was 
just so so razor focused and i said like i brought kinoa into this world mm-hmm. and i have to feed her i have to feed her with my time my energy and she is going to feed me and i have this is like the infant stage. So it's kind of like, I suppose, people always said, it's like having a baby. It's a 24-7 thing. I mean... Well, I love so. the way you put that. That is... That is that, that's really nice. Do you know, that is really nice. You're Thanks. bringing this in. You're working on it. You're helping it to thrive. You're helping it to grow. You know, as you said, yeah. you're feeding the business. Like those days where you had no actual physical uh, orders to fulfill, yeah. but you were doing social media. You were planning yeah. ahead. You were trying to organise whatever it might be, like online, the website, working on that, the, the, the information, the knowledge, you know. Michelle, you're blowing my mind here. Like, this is brilliant. <laughs> this is brilliant. And look, and I suppose, look, normally we talk about the high and then we talk about the low. We've got yeah. the low. Where, exactly. where was the high? Where was the peak moment in the, in the business so far where you've been like, oh my God, this is fantastic. Uh, I think the highs have been so high that literally... Like, if I think about them now, I'll probably start getting emotional, but the highs have been wiped out all of the lows. Like, even just one high, my first sale, that was absolutely unbelievable. Um, another high for me was just before I actually launched my website, I found this um, luxury wedding planning team in California, and they were doing a PS I Love You photo shoot. And they put it up on a group that I had joined on Facebook. I joined every Facebook group to do at weddings and especially with photographers. Okay. And she had 11,000 followers and she was a published photographer and she worked with this luxury planner. And I said, I just left a comment. I said, oh, uh, are you using anything Irish? Because P.S. I Love You is from an Irish author and it was also, the movie was filmed. I said, would you like an Irish fail? And I just very cheekily put it out there and (laughs) I was almost embarrassed because I had no website at that stage and it was about one month before I launched and they got back to me and they said, uh, hi Michelle, we'd love to see your work. I have a meeting with the wedding planner tomorrow um, for the editorial. This is a shoot on another level. They hire a venue, there's like a five course meal for all the photographers. The photographers pay about $400 to attend. And there's, um, you know, models from an agency. There's a trailer with hair and makeup. Okay. It's like a film set. They chose my veil and that was published 13 times, including on Wedding Chicks, which has a reach of almost a million viewers. So for me, knowing that I was the only international wedding supplier, and even though I couldn't attend in person, um, I got messages from all of the American vendors saying they were just blown away. They'd never seen a, a French silk Juliet Cap Vale before and that, that literally was published so that was that was massive for me in the early days and then my first sale and then I found out that I was nominated um, in the Micro Business Awards and then I got a phone call to say that I was uh, nominated with 89 women to be female entrepreneur of the year okay and that was that blew my mind because I was like oh my god it's like there's 89 women who have taken a chance on themselves and opened their business and pursued their dream whether it's part-time or full-time and I was like I am among them this is like I really felt like I was being taken seriously and then I found out I was in the top three and of course the awards um were online and on on zoom and of course I didn't really understand zoom very well at the time so I didn't know I was going to be on on camera and I had like a track I had no makeup and a tracksuit on and I was there looking at the computer and they called my name and I went bright red and started crying. I couldn't believe it. So I won female on the year twenty twenty, yeah. Oh my god, congratulations. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you so much. This is brilliant. This is brilliant. It was brilliant. It was amazing. I mean, like for me. You know, like being in the top three was amazing. Um, but then I was like, oh, I really, really want to win because like 2020 was the year that I left my job. I threw myself into it. was the year the pandemic weddings were cancelled and I was making like, you know, sale after sale after sale. I, I stopped taking orders in October because of Christmas and mm-hmm. I was able to donate a headpiece um, for, for cancer. 
charity. Oh, wow. well done. I was able to, you know, I was able to offer a frontline brides a 50 euro discount uh, as part of the operation Help Our Health Heroes organized by a wedding planner. I was able to have a launch party for my one year birthday, my one year in our birthday, um, I had a balloon with one. I sent my husband, I was like, I want a balloon with one. And I got dressed up and I had a competition every night um, for a week and I gave away like so many vouchers. And I just, I really enjoyed it. I, and, you know, I guess to echo what some people have said, you know, even on your podcast, you, you really do have to celebrate the highs. You do. Because there's so many, it's like the lows are so low, but the highs are so high and uh you know i've i've literally been reduced to tears so many times from from sheer joy and that's what keeps me going and um you know just even getting feedback from brides and like i'm now i've i closed orders um in march until may 29th um because i was doing rush order after rush order brides going ahead yeah and it's been crazy. So I think um, by the end of this year, I'll be making my first hire, hopefully, um, and get a part time somebody to work with me part time. This is fantastic. Well done. Like, I, thank you. You so know, much. even with you know donating to like the cancer charities, you're you're a really good person. You're a really, oh, really, really good person. So Michelle, where did your inspiration come from? Well, in ter- like for inspiration in terms of the drive for the business, there's you know so many different people who I've seen um you know excel in their business who I sort of look up to and that I'm like oh I want to be like them they might be in the same field as me but um that 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 has been absolutely you know instrumental to me um Chupi Sweetman from Chupi Julie when she shared her story of having two Facebook followers and starting her business you know from from nothing really and renting and putting all her money into her business as opposed to you know buying a house at that time gotcha. that was so inspirational for me and um and Aiden of course from Avalanche who um you know he shared his story and told me about being you know on the floor of his parents bedroom and you know I think a lot of people start from their I saw I saw another magazine article as well where so many people started to the garage like Walt Disney and when I saw Amazon these things I was like selling books on exactly. the garage like you know Jeff Bezos exactly so so that kind of that for me was really like there's 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 nothing wrong with starting at your kitchen table or starting in your spare room or starting you know on on your floor in your parents room or whatever and you know starting with nothing I mean I had nothing in my bank account that day that I was scammed I had nothing left I didn't have I had to ask my husband for money to buy stuff for Kenora like nothing and hearing other people who had grown their business from having putting everything into their dream and and seeing that the the grit and the passion and and surviving resilience from the hard days that for me and hearing those stories has been amazing. And I just hope that someday I can, you know, give back and help other people by sharing my story or by, I always see myself like, you know, maybe 10, 20 years down the line when I have a bit more experience, I'd love to, you know, mentor startups. I mean, that would be an absolute dream for me. And and this year the, the local enterprise office reached out to me and they asked me, would I like to come back um, on the uh, the seventh of March for the Start Your Own Business Bootcamp, uh, which I had attended for two years. I mean, I I went back the second year to absorb any bits that I missed. missed. And, uh, and the first year I, I I went, I literally was set on fire. I, I think I've only had maybe one or two experiences like that in my life. They were so passionate and they they shared some different um excerpts and you know they had us doing things in groups and it was absolutely amazing they kept telling me what will get you out of bed on a rainy november morning and of course obviously they didn't literally mean a rainy november morning they meant at that low point when they asked me to come back because i i did say to noel the first year i said noel i'm going to come back as one of the key speakers and he said oh yeah oh yeah but but they actually reached out to me this year and they asked me to would I come back and share Fabulous. my story and I got such it was on Zoom now but I got such a, a lovely response from everybody asking questions and some people who were in that stage where they were working and they had their job and 
it was I was able to share what it was like for me. The podcast, really, and you're saying there, sharing your story and you hearing yeah. other people's stories. That, I think, is worth more than anything. Yeah. But look, that's why I set up this podcast. It really is a massive benefit for, okay, right, you know, you do get to go to mentors with the local presenter's office. and But to hear people's stories, I think that's worth so much more to get you pumped, to get you motivated. Like, I was inside the shop the last day, and uh, the shopkeeper just said to me, they were like, Kevin, I'm listening to the podcast. I'm absolutely loving it. It's brilliant. I want to start something. I don't even know what I want to start, but I want to start something. You know, and I'm there kind of going, yes, that buzz. This is what I want. And you know, at the intro of the podcast, everyone takes the make out of me. They're like, oh, tips, tricks, and tactics, and hopefully we'll inspire you and everything. You know, and everyone's taking the mic because they hear it every single episode. But literally, that's what I want to do. That's what it's all about, is to inspire people. And, the, and we're just talking about how you where you're getting your inspiration from you know and hopefully from people listening to this they're going to be inspired oh i hope so i mean i like y- even when you hear like you know when you shared your story of how you started business and and that drive and that enthusiasm and like i could relate to you with your bouncing castle and you had spent all your money on that and it's like it's that leap of faith and there's so many people who are literally you know kind of tithering on the edge thinking about it and I guess before you actually take that leap of faith sometimes it can be years behind it and then something clicks and that's it right it's now or never and then they 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 get they just take that leap of faith and it's 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 amazing just to hear people's stories and like I was very lucky to have my father to be able to give me that kind of like a that push you know he was my driver behind all this. My mom and dad were absolutely fantastic, but I have to say that it is from my parents to where I got it. Yeah, and me too. I mean, my mom and dad always said, if you want something, you have to work for it. And my mom and dad would say to me, you know, echo my grandfather's words, if you enlist, you soldier. So sometimes I would call my mom and I'd be upset and like if something wouldn't go wrong. Come on out, you know, you signed up for this. That's it. Draw a line underneath it and but you know she 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 has she follows one account on Instagram me and she you know she's excited to see what I do or I'll send her a video say look mom I'm working on this and she's like which bride is this now is this the one who lives in Cork or whatever so it's yeah you know yeah. it's it's like my parents gave me a lesson that I had to strive and grit and to push myself hard every day so who is your absolute dream client is there someone that you'll be like I would love to do a piece for them. Um, I actually have some of my dream clients uh, on my books. I, I, Already? I can't say their name. Um, That's because, great. Uh, yeah. I'm sworn into confidentiality, so I'm really, really lucky that I have those uh, brides. Now, those, they have actually postponed to next year, so um, which is absolutely fine, uh, but I will have to wait until next year to reveal that. But um, I guess... Every bride that I have worked with so far, I mean, I, I don't really believe in, in, in the whole bridezilla thing, even though I have witnessed a, a few bridezilla moments. <laughs> but, but with me, I guess I take them by the hand and I'm so involved with them and they trust me. I guess that's a dream for me, um, that each bride is such a unique vision. Some of them are a little bit more laid back, of course, to kind of say, oh, Michelle, I leave it up to yourself. And then I'll say, well, would you like it like this or this? And they say, oh, Michelle, whatever you think. And some of them are like, can I see that? And can I see it like this? And would you mind just putting that side by side? So, you know, for me, every bride, when I get a photograph of a bride on their wedding day and they, they come back to me and say, Michelle, like my favorite part of the wedding planning was work with you to design my headpiece or everybody admire the headpiece. Like, I honestly can't ask for more than that. So, so I guess all of my brides so far have been my dream clients. So Michelle, every business needs to be marketed. You've obviously told us already how your how your social media following has grown from 1,000 just you know after a while and then you were up with nearly 5,000 now. What other marketing um, avenues did you go down? How did you get the message out there up to where you are now? Um, well, when I started out at the beginning of last year, um, I started doing some wedding shows and those were absolutely amazing. I did one in particular in Marquery Castle in January uh, last year and um, it cost me eight, 800 euros to get the stand and like I, I didn't have it, so it was a bit of a... <laughs> It was a bit of an investment, I guess, but I just kept saying, I'm investing in myself, I'm investing in myself. 
So I put it out there that I had to earn that money back and I had four hours and I was just like manifesting like I'm going to get that back and uh, I had an amazing day uh, in Marquee Castle. I made it back and more and I actually just finished a headpiece there for a mother of the bride who met me like basically last January 12 months and um, I was on my own at the stand it was like a most beautiful castle it was a sunny day in January one of those crisp like idyllic winter days my husband was with me helping set up the stand and I just it was one of those pinch me moments I I literally was on a high for the whole day and people I met at the castle um, they were either getting married in let's say 2021 some of them postponed but they all came back to me and that absolutely blew my mind that I was actually able to meet them, talk to them, give them advice. And there was a queue of people to talk to me that day. So I really am looking forward to getting to meet brides in person because I guess everything that I do is, you know, kind of virtually with, you know, WhatsApp or over the phone. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. I did another one in the Athlone Springs Hotel and that was amazing. Got to meet some fabulous brides uh, as well. And again, some of them have postponed. So, but I have their, their details and I know their new wedding dates and everything. So I'm definitely looking forward to doing some more shows like that because I think they really work well when brides can meet you face to face and get a feel of who you are so I'm trying to kind of make up for that by coming on Instagram a little bit more I was a bit shy of doing mm -hmm. face to camera because I hid actually from I hid my face from Instagram for about the first maybe four, four or five months and then I came on and I was shaking and um, because I'm not great with technology but now I come on and I just say look I, ha I have to show up every day for my my clients um so I guess I'm I'm definitely learning your Instagram feed is oh, really thank cool you. your Instagram feed is it's very active so anyone just to follow is it's k-i-n-n -N space father i-r and uh, you like I mean there you have it like you know you're a people's person so you could like the way you're talking now you'd sell sand to the <laughs> Arabs like and you're at these you're at these trade shows and I'd say everyone that comes up, you have them snapped oh, up like that. Like, you, you know, so much. yeah. Well, I guess I, I try to put them, you know, at their ease. And, you know, most of the time when I come on Instagram, I am, as I tell my brides, in my working from home outfit with my hair in a ponytail, no makeup, in a hoodie. But that's like them. They're, you know, working from home as well. I'm not trying to pretend to be, you know, somebody I'm not. I'm like, guys, look. You know, here I am in my tracksuit again, and sometimes they'll gotcha. say, "Oh, you know, Michelle, I love how you're so real, and you know, I'm not trying to be somebody I'm not. I, I, I'm not funny. I don't think I'll ever be funny. I'm not really cool, but I, I, I'm real, and I'm interested in their wedding and helping them to put their the details together. Because once they found the dress, um, you know, it's it's the details to bring together. And I trained as a florist. Uh, a bridal wedding florist so I'm hugely inspired by nature and flowers so sometimes if they have a flower that they love I can make it out of porcelain clay I mean I'm in contact now with the lady who uh, who trained me up three levels in floristry and I say look I'm, I'm still doing arranging but now I'm making my own flowers out of porcelain so I follow a lot of the design uh, rules um, but I can make any flower out of a piece of clay. Um, I get my clay from Italy and I make, uh, I can make anything. I mean, I made a free shah headpiece for a bride uh, who got married in London last month because her parents love freesias and uh, it's, it has a special meaning for her. I made another beautiful headpiece for a bride whose uh, parents uh, sadly passed away and she came to me with... Um, I asked her, was there anything that has a special meaning to her? And she told me um, her mum's favourite colour, which we included into the headpiece. And she told me her dad's favourite flower. And uh, so I was able to make the cherry blossoms, which were her dad's favourite flower, and included that in. So It has a bit of meaning to it. A meaning to it, exactly. And uh, so like, I'm an extremely sentimental person. I love to kind of bring that into it as well and so what's the actual process in it person gets on to you how does that process work you know from start yeah, to finish so usually a bride will get in touch with me i would say most of the brides i'd say maybe 95 percent of them would get in touch with me through instagram 
um, which is how they find me. Um, and they would send me a DM and say, we're just wondering, could you make this, something like this? And they might send me a picture of a piece I've made from on my Instagram story. Maybe I made it for another bride. Or uh, they might send me a picture of their dress. You know, what kind of headpiece do you think would go with this dress? So I'll reply to them and I will then uh, give them my Kinor WhatsApp number and I'll move them over to WhatsApp. So for you know ease of sending videos um, and so that I yes. don't lose their, their message in a, a ream of DMs. Um, and then we'll just kind of go back and forward. I'll find out what kind of headpieces they want, if it's a crown, if it's a comb, if it's a veil. And then uh, they'll give me some photos of their dress, maybe their shoes. And then we will work together. Um, I'll show them some ideas and then they'll watch the videos and they'll come back to me. Oh, I love this kind of flower. I'd love a little bit of blue. I love your idea for having something blue. And I love these pearls. And could I have that in a uh, crown? And I'll get then some of the scientific details like how high they want it. Like a statement for one bride is delicate for another bride. So I'll get the height of the crown. Yes. And then I'll do the sketch. Once they're happy with that, then I'll email them the quote and my bank details and they send me on a deposit of 50%. And then I start working on their headpiece and or their veil and uh, they get update videos then, which they absolutely love and they have to keep the, the excitement. excitement. And of course, yeah. I have to say, they might message me back, oh, I'm sitting beside himself now and I'll, I'll, I can't wait to watch these on my own because, of course, they don't want the groom to see the top secret. And um, so they watch it then and they'll come back to me and then they'll say, oh, Michelle, I'm so excited. And, and, and that's been really nice for me to get them, get the excitement going because it's all been doom and gloom about weddings. But I get them so excited um, about, look at this flower and, you know, how do you think it's looking? And your flowers are drying because I, I dry them on polystyrene with wires in the middle of them. And I'll say, your flowers are now drying and they'll be ready now in 48 hours. And just want to show you. So here they are now. And then... Just keeps them keeps, pumped. Keeps it does. Them pumped and out, and yeah. they love to see it. It could only be like a one minute video. But just to know that their headpiece is in progress. And then once I've all the elements made, I might make little beaded sprigs. And uh, once I've it all made, then I, I'll just do a mock-up of it. And once they're happy, I'll go and make it. And then uh, I, sh I do a final reveal video, which is one of my favourite parts. I do a reveal video slideshow. And I will address the bride by their name. So it could be... Dear Maria, and then I'll put the text and music, and that's the reveal video, and that's what makes them cry, and uh, that's lovely. I love getting the crying selfies, and they haven't even actually seen the headpiece. And then my packaging is—I I found luckily I found a, a great packaging company, and um, they were very good to me when they heard about my scam, and they allowed me to buy in really small quantities. Um, you know to begin with and my Good. packaging is a kind of a bit of an experience i have everything done in tissue paper with a gold uh, stamp and a wax seal and a letter written to the bride and they usually open it in their childhood bedroom with their mom that's kind of become a a theme because they get so excited i mean i suppose it's part of the the wedding day as well so that's really nice the wedding day and part of the process like that's really nice that's that's so nice that's so nice and like look if you could go back to before you started what advice would you give yourself and then going on to what advice would you give someone that wants to start up a business that's sitting on the line so if i could go back and give myself advice it would be to plan out my days especially in the start when i was working a job and Kinor, uh, to plan out my days into like maybe hour segments so like if somebody is working in their day job and they've just kind of in that starting area that rather than kind of trying to do 20 things at once to plan out their days that they have like an hour maybe for social media an hour for product development I didn't really do that and I just kind of ended up spending way too long on one thing so definitely the time management um Thing for me and I would go back and just kind of say do more maybe manifesting and do more visualizing I never thought I would be in a position where I have I like I have eight people now on my waiting list for when I'm taking orders from May 29th like I was only talking about this at my mom today I said I never thought I would be in this position 
and like obviously it's not without blood sweat and tears people keep saying to me, oh you're flying it you're flying it it's not without the blood sweat and tears but I wish I had sat down and taken a moment to manifest that and imagine what it would feel like to keep you know the kind of excitement in me rather than the challenges so that's what I'd go back and advise myself on um probably as well maybe to do a bit more accounting because I was kind of like oh I don't need to worry about that now I'll just I'll just keep making new designs so I guess a lot of creatives are I suppose a little bit guilty of that um and then of course do some uh, maybe do some more research I mean I, I wish I hadn't got scammed I wish I hadn't uh, found my first website designer who's not Aiden from Avalanche I wish I had gone with him in the first place but I'm excited for my new website um, but I guess these are things that other people have faced as well so I try not to kind of beat myself up too much um, and as you said they're all, they're in, the all past in the past now. you've Absolutely. moved on you're on bigger yeah. better things now at this stage mm -hmm. you know so for people who are sitting on the fence and they have this business idea it's very easy just to say go for it you know um and i think yes go for it but it's also a little bit of a calculated risk um throwing away a day job you know and, and, and pursuing a dream is is all very well i think there 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 has to unless you're financially stable there there is going to be a bit of a transition period and to kind of I suppose say to yourself what was said to me it will grow but it will just grow slower at the start and then you'll be able to take the leap of faith but I think doing research is really good and people kept saying to me market research I didn't even really understand what market research was um, and I'd hear it all I was kind of like do you know what market research was I was in the classroom and I didn't know but I think um, spying I guess googling spying on other people what they're doing what's selling what's missing see where you can create your unique selling point because there's always someone that's leading the yeah. way you know so you have to try to get ahead Absolutely. of that and uh, try to exceed i think also getting an out outside perspective like you know your mom or your partner will always tell you you're amazing you're amazing you're brilliant that's everything you do is fantastic but I think getting an outside perspective, whether it's from somebody that you trust, um, maybe a mentor, you know, somebody local who, you know, who can kind of That'll tell, tell you, you straight to your face, look, this is pie in the sky or this is actually a really good business idea. And also um, not to kind of get into debt. I mean, I, the scary statistic that I always had in the back of my mind was eight out of 10 businesses will fail. So I was like, oh my God, I have to be in that two out of 10 that will succeed. And I remember asking, you know, why do they fail? And one of the, the most common reason that uh, small businesses fail would be cash flow. So like I had a secondhand desk that I upcycled. I was in the conservatory, which we kind of, we had converted into, uh, we put a new roof on. And I was determined not to get the fancy computer not to get fancy rubbish that I didn't need that would get me into debt but I wanted to keep my you're going to work, work with what, with what you have. have and I think people kind of sometimes can rush in they say oh well that's for my business so I'll, I'll get a really fancy swivel chair or fancy this. at the start you don't need that there'll be lots of surprises down the way so I think um keeping it low as low as possible um at the start that would be that would be really good advice particularly if people are maybe starting a business from actually not having any employment or if they're in that period where they're transitioning so um you know that that's what advice i'd give them. so i'm sure there is and hopefully there's a couple of brides here listening and future brides you know costing how much does one of your pieces cost well um i have a minimum if i'm doing a bespoke order so i would say the majority of my orders are bespoke orders i mean i do have different collections on my website for a bespoke orders which would be you know most of my brides would choose that uh, a bespoke order starts at 200 euro and it goes up from there so if they come to me looking for a headpiece and they say michelle i want a headpiece I mean, generally they don't because I have this on my highlights and my stories on Instagram. So they, they kind of, and they know from looking at my website what, you know, the the items would kind of cost. Um, but if they came to yes. me looking for a comb and they want, their budget was, let's say, 150 euro, I, I tell them, you know, I, I, I do a bespoke commission, it starts at 200 euro, but they, they might order a comb and something else now. And generally... Generally speaking, uh, if I'm doing a crown for a bride, it could be around 300 euro. 
um, it might be a little bit less. I mean, I did offer discounts for brides last year who had to postpone just to kind of help them out and that um or i had a promotion with like maybe i'd give them maybe a pair of earrings or a little bridesmaids pin just to kind of help out yeah it would start around 200 euros the average bride would maybe for themselves if it's a, a crown or a comb or a hair vine it could be between 250 to 320 and then for a veil it could be anywhere between 300 to let's say 500 depending on how long they want it depending on um i mean it could be all hand embellished with freshwater pearls swarovski um one bride there i did her wedding date which is also her parents wedding anniversary um i did it in the beading pattern and uh her, her dad is gifting her the veil and her mum uh sadly passed away so i embroidered mum in blue under the comb so nobody can see it except herself and her dad and and it was a it was a it was a beautiful and they, they know it's there. there and it was a beautiful uh, piece a uh, commission piece to work with so i do give my full attention now um sometimes i get given out to about my pricing with the building craft art and design program that i'm doing because they they, they say yeah. i put too much too much work into it but um I, I really enjoy what I do and I have new collections coming out um, there will be you know more luxurious pieces but I mean there's there's no list there's no uh, limit to what uh, a bride can order I mean I had one bride there who found me in the news of the world uh, not news of the world sorry the Sunday world and Denise Smith had featured me in her column and it was a tiny little piece about two inches and one of my brides found me and she ordered a crown she ordered earrings she ordered a bridesmaid's headpiece, bridesmaid's earrings, a bracelet, mother of the bride brooches, and it just went on and on. So that was amazing. And so, well, and she got married on New Year's Day and invited me to the live streaming. And of course, I was watching it. It was just such a high to start 2021. It's an unusual question. I ask it to everyone that comes onto the podcast, and you probably know what it's going to be because you listen yeah. in. <laughs> Tell us something that nobody knows about you okay um okay well something um really random about me is that i'm absolutely terrified of locusts like locusts, locusts. as in these big grasshoppers i um have such a fear i think it came from when i was a child i used to read like bible stories for children you know my mom was doing the right thing yeah. and of course i saw these locusts flying with the plague and I used to like dream about them and everything. I suppose I have a vivid imagination. When I lived in Greece, they're these uh, massive, they're like grasshoppers, but they're kind of flying grasshoppers. They're like locusts. Gotcha. And I almost dropped my friend's baby um, when I saw a locust. I remember giving her son to her and I went in and I threw up because not from the fear of the locust, but from the fear that I almost... Could, could have, have dropped, dropped the, the baby, baby and, and, and that going through my head so um i guess it's it's kind of ridiculous they all laughed at me um because of course a locust can't hurt me i'm not really afraid of spiders or anything like that um but yeah you know <laughs> every time i ask that question there's something crazy like the one week it was sunflowers another week was something else tell our listeners where they can find you how they can get in touch how can they make an order where can they see your feed your website yeah. whatever it is so um my instagram is k-i-n-n-o-i-r and my website is www.k-i-n-n-o-i-r.ie i'm really excited to launch my new website later on this summer and that will have my brand new collection available as well and um, brides can get in touch with me by sending me an email, hello at kinora.ie, or they can get in touch with a DM on Instagram, um, also on Facebook, Kinora Handmade Veils and Headpieces, and um, I'll be open for taking orders from May 29th, and I'm so excited to work with more brides on that. Fantastic, Michelle, and look, thank you very much. I'm glad we met on Instagram, and I met, and glad we created a relationship here, 
and I'm glad you're a guest because I really enjoyed the last hour. Thank it was you. fun. It thank was a bit of a laugh. So you know, and well, Kevin, I want to say thank you so much for having me here today. Um, when I found your podcast, I absolutely loved it. I love your high energy. I love the crack. I love the stories. And uh, I love your own story into business as well. And you're so inspiring to me how motivated you are and creative in your businesses. So thank you so much. It's been really thank enjoyable. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to the ninth episode of the Bishopreneur Podcast. It was fun. Michelle is a legend. So yeah, look, I'll be honest with you. We are still in the busiest period of our work at the moment. Carebounce Castles is thriving. And if I'm going to tell you that I'm going to be on here next Thursday, it's a lie. Episode 10 is being planned at the moment and I hope to have it up before the end of August. Season 2 then, a load of really, really cool guests lined up for Season 2 starting mid-September and it's going to go right through into the winter. So that is exciting and look, um, give us a like, share, share it on your story, you know, pass it to a friend that you may think would benefit from listening to it and um, someone that might find motivation out of it. And look, if you have any suggestions or people that you'd like to hear on the podcast, DM me, Instagram, Bishopreneur Podcast. Just turn on your notifications and keep an eye out for the next episode. I hope you enjoyed it and good luck. God bless and we'll see you later.